0: The impact of comparison of your training. We live in the age of social media. I think in the year 2022, people are becoming more aware of the impacts social media can have on you. However, I think this can be an important podcast topic to bring up because there are a lot of runners who find us through social media. We have a social media following of over 130,000 people and a lot of people want to know how we grew that following or like what our secret is, but really I started that account back in 2014 and how it started was me as more of a personal account, I was posting my runs every day and at the time i had this long run streak going sometimes i would run twice a day Um, i was in my early 20s and i just got a lot of followers in that time because instagram wasn't very saturated and it was posting consistent content having all eyes on my training from 2014 to 2018 um, definitely changed my running and it wasn't necessarily for the better. It also taught me some valuable lessons about the impacts of social media on my mental game. So over the past couple of years, I've taken a step back from sharing my training on social media and I have felt a lot less pressure with my training. Um, In addition to that, I've also been able to run my fastest time since then. Um, At the peak of my posting probably in 2016 before getting pregnant with my first son, I was actually performing at my worst um, when I should have probably been at my physical peak. And today we're going to be touching on a few hot topics that are kind of interrelated with some of the social media stuff. So some people listening might be like, well, I don't post on social media. I don't really do that on social media. But if you're following other people on social media, um, these things can also have an impact on you. So if you're following like influencers or people who do post their runs, which I know a lot of runners <laughs> probably do, um, that can also have an impact because you are compare, well, you are being exposed to what other people are doing, and we are creatures of community, and we are made to be social beings. So there's always that comparison that can happen. And then the other app that's really um, creeped up in popularity kind of since um, I want to say 2016 is when uh, I started using it, but it's Strava. And I think in the last maybe two to three years, it's become a lot more popular. So a lot of the people who used to post every single run on Instagram, maybe have moved off of that. And they're more posting every single run to Strava. And in this case it can even come under more scrutiny because on strava like you're able to see every little piece of data that is on this person's body you're able to see what their heart rate was at every single mile you're able to see their splits you're able to see how long they were stopped for so like intimate things like if they were going to the bathroom that sort of thing and so being kind of like in this spotlight situation, where complete strangers can be following, looking at your um, training at such like an intimate level, I think that's something that's new to the running community, and I don't really know that a lot of people are having that conversation. But just because of my background, having so many people on my um, training, like looking at it. Ever since it's probably been eight years now, I feel like I've done some reflection work and I kind of understand some of the variables that are involved with this. And I've also coached a handful of people over the years who also had large followings on social media or they had a Strava account. And we've kind of had these discussions as, you know, just athlete coaching relationships and figuring out how we navigate these waters. So what we'll be talking about in this podcast is a little bit more on like the mental side of training rather than the nitty-gritty of how to frame up a training plan, that sort of thing. Um, So these are the topics. We're going to be touching on intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation, and then we're going to be talking about people-pleasing, and then comparison. So those are three different topics we're going to talk about. And the first topic is on Intrinsic and extrinsic motivation and this one's really interesting um, Jason I know you have some experience with this so what if as even just what do you think when you think of intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation
1: yeah I think you know when I started running I was in middle school and the reason I really got more interested in running was because I was intrinsically motivated to see if I could run faster um, in the mile in gym class right so i think i ran like a 708 was the first mile i ever ran and it was in sixth grade and so i really wanted to just see like could i break seven minutes right and it's so funny thinking back to that young of an age um who knows if the mile was even like an accurate distance right you're running on a grass field um but you know later in the spring i was able to so we did that in the fall then in the spring i ran a 652 so i did break seven And I just, I felt this sense of like, wow, this is so cool. Like I met my goal, right? And obviously I I didn't train at all for it because I was a sixth grader. I didn't know what training looked like. Um, it just came with, I guess, maybe age and a little bit more activity level throughout the winter. Um, but what that taught me was, um, you know, I just, if you set your mind to something that you can maybe achieve it. And so I couldn't wait to like, maybe get on a track and see if I could run faster. And at that point I couldn't run track until seventh grade. So I had to wait a whole year. Um, but so that, that's kind of how I got started into running. And, You know, I think about a lot of like maybe adult runners who maybe start later in life for various reasons. Um, You know, I think it really probably depends. There's a fair amount of people that start for intrinsic reasons, right? Like they maybe just want a new challenge, right? They want to go see if they can complete a 5K. And then there's people that see other people on social media. um, And so then they think, why not me, right? And so I think this is a really cool topic to think about. And wherever you fall on that scale of intrinsic, extrinsic, I think it's okay to kind of Mm -hmm. fluctuate back and forth a little bit, but... When you take a step back and you really reflect i think there needs to be a good amount of like intrinsic motivation within you if you ever want to reach like your potential or get to a new level
0: right and in my research of this because i'm someone who's pretty intrinsically motivated so when i was researching this i'm like okay you know is one better than the other and the the overarching theme was that either can be great And the important thing is if you are intrinsically motivated to do something, um, if that's your primary motivator for why you started running, if you start giving yourself extrinsic rewards and start like, dangling that in front of your face. What can end up happening, um, studies have shown that offering excessive external rewards for an already internally rewarding behavior can reduce your intrinsic motivation. And this phenomenon is known as over over justification effect. Um, and they've done studies with like children and offering them kind of like rewards for playing with toys that they already enjoyed playing with. And the kids like stopped wanting to play with that toy mm-hmm. altogether. Um, and it's, yeah, I think that's really interesting to think about because you even stated like you, you pretty much started running for intrin- intrinsic motivation, all that sort of thing. Same with me. But I think what ended up happening in, you know, the, that 2015, 2016 period. Was that you know I was kind of offered these extrinsic rewards as someone who had maybe like a large following on social media. I was getting a lot of like head pats and comments and whatnot. And so you start offering like this dopamine reward system of like, oh, you know, like if you go on a run, you're going to get a bunch of like positive comments, positive feedbacks. And in addition to that, this was kind of at the beginning of when like influencers were a thing, I was being offered um, free things. So like Reebok reached out, Hoka reached out, all these people were reaching out. Can I send you this free stuff? And I was like, whoa, all of this because I'm, you know, posting my runs on social media. And so I think there started to become, I don't know if it was excessive, but you know, for me, maybe it was. And I started to feel like, you know, I don't really want to do this anymore. Running's kind of pointless, that sort of thing. Um, but I continued like pushing through because I wanted to get that ext- external reward, right? And so I think it's really important to be just aware of these things because sometimes this is something we don't even think about. And I know when I was in that whole mix in 2014, 2015, um, I didn't really even think about any of those things and how it was impacting my training. And I just kind of kept pushing through. And I think as endurance athletes, that's kind of what we're trained to do, right? Like if something uncomfortable is happening, we're just like, oh, just keep pushing. But in reality, I think taking a step back sometimes is really important.
1: Yeah, and I think where I started to first get exposed to maybe being aware of extrinsic motivation factors was like when I got into high school and then, you know, there became like, the social aspect. So you want to be like the fastest on the team or people would like, you know, give you kudos for running a certain time on a course. And then, you know, I track, they could like watch your race. And so it just became, I think more of, Hey, like, I want to also do this for them, for my supporters and not just myself. And I think a lot of runners probably go through that, you know, the ones that start running at an early age, there's probably a lot of that, um, going through their mind, like wanting to run a certain time, right. To please their coach or whatever it is. And so, um, but you know, I think it, there needs to be that foundation of, of, of intrinsic reasons and um you know as you get older i think you know if you start running uh in your 20s or 30s you know for whatever reason there might be um yeah there may not be as many extrinsic motivation fa- or intrinsic motivation factors it may just be like oh i got to do this for strawberry, i got to do this to fit in with my social group or i, I like these guys so i kind of want them to think that i'm like them so i'm going to try to run you know what run their pace or run this distance so Um, yeah, it's definitely an interesting topic.
0: Yeah. And when to use external rewards, sometimes it works really well, like if you're not motivated, right? So let's say you don't have any sort of intrinsic motivation, like you don't like running all of those things. Sometimes having that external reward can actually motivate a person to do something new and it can make a person more interested in an activity that maybe they weren't previously interested in. Um, So I think that can be a really positive, right? So if, you know, someone is trying to change and have like a healthier lifestyle sometimes having these external rewards can be really helpful and then in turn maybe over time they build into having more intrinsic motivation at that um, individual activity and you see this a lot with like kids right so even just getting my my kids to do anything sometimes you you use a little bit of that extrinsic motivation like oh if you do this you get a sticker or you can have a treat or whatever Um, and eventually over time it's like they start taking pride in what they're doing and then it builds into more an intrinsic motivation so I think these external rewards can be great but I also think it's important to not excessively kind of chase after them because what can end up happening is you lose some of that intrinsic motivation as studies have shown
1: yeah I like how you added that about how small external rewards or factors may influence a greater like return in the intrinsic category right and so um, you know, the cool thing about running is like we can always learn and grow and challenge yourself in new ways. So whether that's, um, you know, just running more, or maybe running a different distance or uh, just a sparking like a new curiosity, I think that can really go a long way in increasing your intrinsic motivation level and um, allow you to maybe, uh, you know, experience something that even in return gives you even more motivation. So I think it really just, yeah, it depends like how willing you are and how, um, I guess, committed you are to really growing in the sport.
0: Definitely, and so learning what category you fall into is great, and then just like adjusting accordingly, right? So in some of those cases, if you're getting like excessive external rewards sometimes, kind of stepping away from that and then like reflecting on why you started running in the first place, trying to rely more on that intrinsic motivation can sometimes get you more excited to do something. Um, And I know for running it's like a broad scale spectrum and sometimes we end up doing like races that we maybe don't wanna do because there is that extrinsic reward. People will be really, you know, excited if you do Boston or they will give you all that external recognition if you do like a certain race and so sometimes when there's all these external rewards we can start to get a little bit confused as to what we want to do as a runner versus what other people want us to do
1: yeah very good point right like i you know i noticed that all the attention you get when you run a marathon on social media seemed to be greater and so even though i didn't really love the marathon i was like well i better find another one to do right and so i think it can really blind you in terms of like um doing what you want to do like you said and so just being aware of it, I think, is the key, right? And, um, you know, taking time to reflect and to uh, you know think back to why you started running in the first place and maybe what, your, what other short-term goals you might have and then what are some long-term goals you might have, um, you know, beside all the extrinsic stuff. Um, what's something you maybe want to accomplish? And then are you willing to kind of put in the work to get to that point? That's what you have to ask yourself.
0: Definitely. And then moving into like the next form of motivation that could be impacted is the whole people-pleasing behaviors, right? So you kind of alluded to this with a lot of people on social media are, you know, doing marathons Mm -hmm. or in my case, you know, I have a kind of a funny story. Like when I first started working out of college, um, I didn't really realize like how big of a deal a marathon was. Like I knew it was something I wanted to do eventually just because I was running and I knew like there were marathons and I was like, I know I'm going to do this eventually, but you know, i'm 21 years old i don't need to like rush into things um you know you get your first job and people kind of find out through small talk that you're into running and the next question is oh have you run a marathon um and saying no people would kind of either be like oh well you're not really a runner or they'd be like what like they, they'd be confused as to like why you're referring to yourself as a runner or how you run if you haven't done a marathon or they just kind of like belittle the fact that you think you're a runner that sort of thing um so that kind of annoyed me and being 21 years old and not really being self-aware I was just like well I'm just gonna do whatever it takes to get these people to to kind of view me in a different light um and that kind of became the overarching theme there for a while it was like well the next thing was oh like have you qualified for Boston and, and that sort of thing and people I felt like people were not thinking I was like Quote unquote fast if I didn't qualify for Boston. And then it just became this like chase um, of, okay, like how can I fit in or how can I be more perfect, right? With the sport of running. And so people pleasing can kind of be a behavior similar to perfectionism. Um, it's usually being overly concerned with pleasing others and earning their approval. And I think that's something that we really do in this culture. Um, it's, I mean, it's not really talked about a lot, but I think a lot of people, they try to not rock the boat, do a lot of behaviors that people will approve of, that sort of thing. Um, and I think it's just important to kind of ask yourself, am I doing this because I want to do it, or am I doing this because this is what will kind of like help others see me in a different light?
1: Yeah, you know, this one ties really closely, to, obviously, to the extrinsic factor, right, the people-pleasing. So um, I think the longer you're in the sport, you, you maybe realize that, you know, the longevity is going to depend on the intrinsic factors. That's going to be the most important because people really um, – yeah, it's great to get likes and everything, but a lot of times they – they don't really care about you like as a person, right? They just care about like you're running. And so um, when you have that reflection and you're like, well, what, what if I just stop running? Like, are they going to even care? And probably not. Right. They'll follow somebody else. And so, um, or they'll just invite someone else to the group or whatever it is. So I think it's, you really have to think about, um, you know, why you want to be there, what you want to accomplish. Um, and all this topic, it kind of reminds me of on our last flight for your race, we watched, uh, the, one of the movies on the plane was uh, the King Richard movie with the Williams sisters. And it just got me really thinking how they really portrayed them as really intrinsically motivated girls growing up. Um, you know, and I think a lot of that was maybe them holding, they're holding them back from being able to compete. Right. So that kind of made them hungry, right? Like they wanted to compete. And so, um, you know, it just—it's kind of cool to think about like elites on every level. I wonder what their um, intrinsic motivation level is. I'm guessing it's really high because you don't—I don't think you last in the sport unless you're really intrinsically motivated. Because you're going to kind of go through these seasons of life or changes from like high school to college or just like different groups or teams that you're on. And I think that you have to be the one to kind of navigate those waters and continue to like get to new heights because. Um, eventually a lot of those extrinsic factors might wear off or change over time.
0: Yeah, definitely. And some of the things you can like ask yourself, um, are, are you preoccupied with what other people might think? So in signing up for a race, like does the... Are you asking yourself, like, do I want to do this? Or are you thinking about like, what are other people going to think um, if I do or don't do this race? Do you ever feel guilty for not signing up for a race, even though it's something like you don't necessarily want to do? Um, Agreeing to do things that you don't want to do. So like, let's say your friend is like, we have to do this marathon and you don't really want to let her down. So you just like agree to do it, even though you don't want to do it. Um, Struggling with feelings of low self-esteem. So this one can be prevalent. Like if you see, you know, you upload your your race or something to strava and then you see like right next to the next thing you're scrolling is someone labeling their their run oh easy 10 mile and it's like seven minute pace and does that kind of like make you feel inadequate that sort of thing um and then feeling like you're doing things to get other people's approval and to like earn the approval so the example i shared about how I pretty much did my first marathon just to like check the box and earn approval into like this title of like marathoner, even though I had like literally no desire to be there. Um, in hindsight, it's like it's a good story, I guess. But in reality, I remember being a mile twenty of that marathon and thinking like, "This is the dumbest thing ever. I don't want to be here." Um, and I've never had that feeling since because every other marathon I've done, it's pretty much been because I wanted to do it um, for the most part. I will say, but that that first one was really <laughs> fueled by. I just want to be able to say that I have done this. Um, and that's, that's important to, to ask yourself and be honest.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned earlier doing races that you don't really want to do. And I'm guilty of that too. I back to, you know, especially my early twenties, we have a series of races here in the Metro. And oh, um, typically if you're on like a team, you're asked to compete at pretty much all the races. Right. And so a lot of them, it's varies. The distances vary from one mile up to the marathon. And so you know, there's a couple of 5Ks, 10K, 10 mile, all that. So Um, and it just like, you get asked at these races, like, are you going to do the next one? And a lot of times you just, you, even if you have no interest, you just feel like guilty. Right. So you like feel like you have to show up. And I know most people probably aren't part of like a team or a club. Um, so they may not have to like worry about that, but like you mentioned the example about friends just wanting to do this marathon or yeah, what if it is a. A core group of your friends and you just um they're gonna do like chicago one year and and so like you feel like you can't miss out so then you just sign up um, for that reason to go you know so that you don't miss out but yet you're really not invested in like the training and like the actual racing so um i think it's really just cool to think about and um i think we've both realized as we've gotten older um we're only going to do races because we want to do them it's not about um doing them because they're convenient or because of um other people are doing them or want us to do them. It's more about just like, you're gonna pick the ones, you're gonna be a lot more selective, and, you know, know, commit to the training and and do the races you wanna do.
0: Yeah, and I feel like for a while there, like in my mid-twenties, there was that like fear of missing out component. So it's not necessarily like, I felt guilty for not doing a race, but I think there were a lot of races that I did where I didn't really wanna be doing it, but I had this like, oh, you know, like everyone's doing it, that sort of thing. Um, which maybe is more of like a comparison situation, but I think that can be like really hard on your training because there's always going to be races and there's always going to be group runs and there's always going to be people who are like pulling you in all these directions. Um, and I think it's really important to like stay grounded. So like if you have a long-term goal, let's say you're intrinsically motivated to like focus on one specific goal. If you're constantly getting torn in every different direction, because, Bob wants you to go to run club with him on Saturdays and they go at great gray zone pace way too fast and you can't recover. And then Bill wants you to do this like fun half marathon with him, but you aren't able to like keep it easy. You end up like pushing the pace and then, oh, there's a 5k that everyone's doing and I have to do. There's just so many opportunities to be dragged around by other people or by, um, conflicting kind of like motivational things. And so I think it's really important to remember kind of like what your long-term goal is and kind of stick to that and having more of that like discipline attitude of like, okay, yes, there is this event that could be fun, um, but like instead of thinking, oh, I might miss out on the event, you should think of what am I going to be giving up if I do this event? And so I kind of moved into that sort of thinking because I think in 2016, I did like four marathons and in like eight months or something ridiculous. And each one was like subsequently slower than the one before. And by the end of it, it's like I was running, I don't Mm -hmm. even know, like 15 minutes off like my PR, even though I thought I was training really well. But what it really boiled down to is like, I I was like, oh, well, I don't wanna miss out on this marathon, I don't wanna miss out on that marathon. Um, Like I didn't wanna miss out on running the LA 2016 marathon because I wanted to watch the Olympic trials before. And then, two months later, well, I didn't want to miss out on the Boston Marathon, so had to register for that, too. Um, And then it's like, well, Grandma's Marathon was in June, and there's only so many marathons in Minnesota, and you have to do that one. And then it was like, oh, Twin Cities. Yep, I have to do that one as well, because it's Twin City. Like, everyone, you know, it's it's just, you just come into this trap of FOMO, FOMO, FOMO. But just taking that step back of, like, Okay, do I really need to be doing this? Like, what is my long-term goal? And maybe your long-term goal is to do like as many marathons and to not miss any of the marathons. But if your long-term goal is actually like mine was at the time to actually get faster, you can't have be doing like all of these conflicting things um, and expect that you're going to hit that long-term goal.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And um, kind of going on a tangent um, to what we talked about earlier with the, like the, the in-person, the group social reasons, um, those motivation factors uh, for those that maybe don't run with a group or they don't have that as an issue. Maybe it's more of like a virtual um, and this kind of gets into the comparison trap that we're going to talk about next. So um, you see people on social media, maybe they, maybe, you know, they're similar, like 5k ability or something. And then you see what they run a half marathon in and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, now I feel like I need to go do that um, maybe before you're ready or something like that. And so you put that pressure on yourself. Right. <laughs> and so that's kind of what I mean by like the virtual comparison game. And so, um, the, almost like the FOMO in that aspect too of like, well, they're doing this and I want to see like, if I can do it too, just because like, I need to know, that i'm as good as they are or whatever and so it could be it could even be the opposite right it could be um you're running the same marathon time and then they go and run a 10k or 5k and so that's something you want to go do as well and so it's just really cool to think about and i know i've been guilty of that in the past too like comparing 5k times to other people similar ability level and then i see what they run for a marathon and i'm just like well or even even worse i see what they do in their training for the marathon Mm -hmm. and so then i try to replicate that but the problem is I, i didn't like build up safely to that level so i don't know like what they were doing behind the scenes right like all that progression and so then i end up maybe uh getting hurt or just not being not enjoying it because it was like too much of a a, um you know build that i wasn't ready for and so yeah, you definitely got to be pay- careful with that comparison. Um, yeah,
0: I think the comparison game can almost be, like, dangerous in that way. Um, even coming from, like, me or you, like, we we understand how training should be framed up. We Like, we understand the training rules, all of those sort of things, like, as coaches. Um, but sometimes we still get caught up in, like, oh, you know, like, they can do this, like, blah, 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 that sort of thing. And if we're even getting caught up with it, I think where it maybe could become dangerous is like if you don't have like if you don't really know like the rules of training and how to safely progress and then you're looking at what someone else is 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 doing and then you're just like well I'm just going to replicate that exactly when you're like nowhere even near so like maybe what you were doing is you were trying to like stretch your fitness whereas like someone could just dive into something that's just like straight up not not safe, and it's not even going to be an effective approach at all. And so that's what's really difficult is sometimes when we see what other people are doing, we're not getting the full picture. And so when we try to like replicate it, we're doing something that they're not even doing. um, And we're not going to be able to progress like they did because you'd have to look at every single variable in their training and their Mm -hmm. background, all of those things, um, and no two people are alike. And so that's why I think personalized training is really important. And not really doing a lot of this comparison because, like you said, two people of the same 5K abilities could be wildly different in experience when it comes to the marathon. They could also be built different. We could also go back to those 5K times and think, well, maybe the first person wasn't really pushing themselves that much, exactly. whereas the second person was like killing themselves out there. Like we have no idea like what the effort levels of their various races are. Um, we don't really <laughs> know all of those things, and so to assume that everything's happening kind of like in a vacuum or something that you can replicate is really is tough. And so living in this age where there is so much data out there, um, like on Strava, on social media, it would be kind of tough to be out there with all that data overload and try to be replicating it. And I'm sure people sometimes look at my training, like I go 9:30 pace on a lot of my easy runs. And if someone's like, whoa, oh, if she runs out on her easy runs, like I should be able to, you know, do whatever workout she's doing or something. And it's like, it doesn't really work like that. Cause I know back in 2016, I used to think, oh, if I can just like run high mileage and then just like hammer it on all my easy runs, like then I'll be fast. But really what that ended up doing was causing me to be slower cause I couldn't like hit paces on workout days when it mattered. So I think it's just really important to start where you're at, see where you are and follow the rules of training. Cause I think that's where the comparison game can be challenging. Cause we will, we know the rules logically, but then we start to kind of wiggle our way through them and maybe not pay full attention to them and think, oh, I'm just going to do this because this is what this person's doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, you said a lot of great points and... Um you know, comparing two races, two distances, it could be completely different courses too, right? Like you said, one person took it easy or maybe one person was running solo, another person had 100 people at their level pushing them. And so it's just, it's not smart to do that. Um, I've even done it where, yeah, I was at the same race as somebody in May or like mid-May, 5K. So I kind of see what their fitness level is. We're really close. And then we're I know we're gonna run the same uh, half marathon in June and so, kind of using that as like a motivation um, to try to beat them or to at least you know know where they're at. Um, but that's not good either because you don't know what the training looked like in between, right? And so you can't just um, try to level up to someone else when you don't know exactly what they've been doing. And um, yeah, the only thing you said uh, that I, or one thing you said that I liked was the comparison. The only thing you should be comparing is your like previous training, right? So you can measure that progress. Don't compare yourself to other people. Compare yourself to like previous maybe um, cycles that you did or just look at the volume of work you're putting in now versus before. And then you can sort of drop some conclusions as to like, oh, am I progressing or should I be running this much volume? Should I be doing this many workouts because this is what I did before? Um, so it's really, you know, I think it's important to compare your training to past training, but um, not to other people's training
0: right and even with that it, it's important to understand like we change and evolve so just because you did something in the past and it worked doesn't necessarily mean like the future you can handle the same thing mm-hmm. um but yeah i think you know in the time of covid like this is kind of bringing up some of those comparison things we were all kind of stuck at home we didn't really have a lot going on and so a lot of people were kind of turning their apps and doing a lot of those virtual runs and Spending a lot of time on social media strava that sort of thing and i do remember because i was pregnant during the pandemic so i wasn't really in a competitive spirit so that sort of thing but um yeah people were acting very strange i think and you would do some of these virtual races and you'd see like people would have 20 minutes of elapsed time in a 5k and you're like what's going on here because they wanted it to like look a certain way on strava and I get it I guess but at the same time it's like you have to really remember that there are factors that maybe you're not seeing right so maybe you're not seeing the 20 minutes of a lap stop time that someone is is doing or there were other ones where it's like doing it all the way down a hill and then you're comparing yours um to doing it on like a super hilly course and it's like everyone is going to be doing um things differently and so that's just really important to remember that you can't compare like apples and oranges um Yeah, and then sometimes even when I was pregnant and I did some of these virtual races, someone said to me, oh my gosh, like, I I can't believe I beat you in this one. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) I'm 22 weeks pregnant. I wasn't, and they took it as like such a badge of honor. Um, And I was a little bit kind of like, irritated, I guess, by that because I I don't like the idea that someone is comparing themselves or like competing against me, um, especially like while I'm pregnant. Um, But I think that's just really important to understand that the best thing you can do is kind of like set your own goals and not necessarily um, give yourself like you don't need to get like an ego boost off of, oh, like, you know, I beat this person or I'm faster than this person, that sort of thing. You can find that within just I know I pushed myself or I know I did my best instead of having to look for like a a measuring up stick against someone Mm -hmm.
1: else. It's interesting you mentioned like the COVID times of no races and how a lot of people maybe turned to social media and Strava and that really like affected them their training maybe in a negative way they got in their own heads they you know did stuff like that like all the examples you mentioned for me I felt like it was actually a chance to reflect and look at like um what do i want to do with my training and um without the pressure of like oh you need to do this race or you need to do this race because they're not happening right so it was like oh you get to train the way you want to train finally and um not be influenced by all these external factors and so uh, for me i thought it was sort of like a blessing and i know that i was able to kind of get in pretty good shape during that time and so um yeah i think it's normal to go through these these different training phases too right where maybe you're um teetering more on uh maybe you're very intrinsically motivated for a while. And then that kind of putters out because, you know, things happen and um, whatever reason you're not doing races or whatever. And so um, I think that the the best thing you can do is just to um, try to stay consistent and then think about you know, what factors are going to help me reach those long-term goals.
0: Definitely. And I think it's just important to remember, like, we want to fit in. We want to connect with others. We want to feel like we belong And we don't necessarily need to, like, measure up against other people or that sort of thing in order to belong, right? So everyone can belong. Everyone can call themselves a runner. Um, And I think it's just important to remember, like, you don't have to reach a certain milestone or have a certain accomplishment to, like, fit in with the running community or a certain group. And if there is a group that you're a part of that's kind of, like, putting that sort of pressure on you, like, oh, you need to do this in order to, like, fit in with us. I think that's a time where maybe we reevaluate if, like, that's the right group for us. And I know in the past, like, there were some groups where I was a part of where they kind of were like, why are you running so slow on your easy days? And just kind of giving, like, a weird, like, why, like, you don't need to be going this slow. Um, And there was that pressure of, like, oh, I need to, in order to fit in. And then I just realized, like, maybe this group isn't for me. Like, maybe this group is for other people who like to go fast on their easy runs. And so you just have to find... Um, within the running community like something that jives with you and if you're hanging out with people or groups that maybe aren't like supportive of like what you're doing and what you know is right um maybe it's time to to find other groups because there's a ton out there and i think just bringing that attitude of like every there's a spot for everyone and everyone can fit in if you are like a leader in the running community i think that's really important so If you're someone who is in charge of a team or group runs just remembering like to kind of recognize everyone there and to make space for everyone and every ability level and every kind of philosophy because everyone just at the end of the day kind of wants to fit in and connect with others and that's what makes the sport of running so awesome.
1: Yeah, to add to this it, this all this conversation kind of uh, makes me think about the commit 60 program that you created uh, just because it helps us t- sort of zoom out and look at um, all these different factors within our own running right and so we we get to reflect on why we started in the first place you know maybe how much we should be running for the state that we're in right now and so that would be a cool program to maybe look into if you haven't before it's on our website but um it's just um yeah it's, it's just really cool to think about all of the um the progression or the transformations that running might you know give to you in your life and so um yeah fun topic
0: yeah definitely and if this is something that you found interesting and maybe you want to work with a coach maybe you want to find a group where you feel like you kind of fit in and you can take a step back from that whole comparison game we would love to work with you chat with you about your background and get you set up with training that's really specific to you Um, and your background based on like what your goals are, where you've been, all of those things. So if you fill out the form at www.runforprs.com, we can get you set up with a free seven-day trial and connected with a coach. So again, that's www.runforprs.com. Thanks for tuning in.